Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome back to another special news and gossip episode of Love to See It, uh, because ABC just cruelly withheld the next episode of The Bachelor this week, leaving all of us in limbo about what's going to happen with Clayton and Cassidy and the rose ceremony. And fortunately, there's still a lot to talk about. Look, we continue to have just an insatiable thirst for juicy rumors and gossip. So we're going to get into some of those. Um, and also, unfortunately, there are a few less fun Bachelor Nation news items that we are going to need to address as well. Yeah, it's going to get more and more dark as we go through this episode. We'll try to provide a couple good feel-free-to-get-out-here points uh, <laughs> for, for our listeners. But here to help us go through all of this is friend of the pod, Aaron Dark, who you can see currently on CBC's Moonshine if you're in Canada or, hey, if you have a VPN. Hello. Welcome back to the pod, Aaron. We missed you. And I think we should start with the fun stuff, just to wet our palate and really get those, like, gossip juices flowing. Yeah, my... My first instinct was to front load the really dark stuff to get it over with, sort of like how I start every meal by eating all of my vegetables. Um, but I don't think that's actually the right approach here. Let's ease yeah. in. So. <laughs> first up, we have some congratulations because a lot of our Bachelor Nation buds are just having wonderful things happen in their life. Uh, so first, Derek Peth and Saffron uh, his girlfriend uh, and fiance is actually his wife. They're married. They got married a year ago, um, didn't want to tell anyone. And then I think the idea of planning an international wedding during COVID just got a little too crazy. And they were like, fuck it. We're just going to make it public. We're married. 
They're super happy and we love them. So congrats to Derek and, and Saf. Congrats. Another one of our uh, dear friends of the pod, Jacqueline Trumbull, recently got engaged and she and her fiance, Paul, did a very sweet thing where they separately proposed to each other and did like a full surprise proposal at different times, which was just lovely. Yeah, it was interesting to watch like on her Instagram kind of the process of the the mutual planning of the proposals. Um, it was more just like an event they were planning together, but with little surprises for each other uh, rather than the traditional like popping the question sort of surprise. And it was very sweet. Carolyn Lunny and Kendall Long were involved in Paul's proposal to Jacqueline. It also involved the doctor who's been helping all of them freeze their eggs. <laughs> so Paul really, you know, put some effort into it. Surprised her with the proposal in California, um, where, where neither of them live, but where the egg freezing doctor is. And yeah, they're getting married um, this yeah. summer. So congrats to Jacqueline and Paul. Is there going to be a spinoff show about this egg freezing doctor? Is that where this is headed? There, I feel like there practically is at this point, the number <laughs> yeah, of Instagram posts it's just posts on Instagram. I... <laughs> I think her handle is like egg whisperer. And that is truly just information that has absorbed into my brain because <laughs> I've seen her on Instagram, wow. like I on other people's Instagrams. I do think this was like a missed opportunity for these handful of women from Ari's season who all went to this egg freezing <laughs> clinic together to have like a little, yeah, like a docu-series called like Egg Sisters or something <laughs> oh, where they God. go through the process together and like they post about it and it's great. But I'm like, where are the cameras? You know, let's really follow them on this journey, learn about their friendship, uh, fertility. Um, it is. And, and, you know, I just think it's very perfect that that was involved in the proposal kind of underscoring the the connection that we place between childbearing and marriage you know <laughs> together i'm sure that was in American that was the culture. intent there yeah <laughs> it's just line it happened to line up um and speaking of fertility we have some a good amount of baby news like bachelor people are really starting to have babies together in a major major way Adam and Raven just had their baby, I think, early this morning. Oh, wow. Yes. Breaking news. Early this morning. Yeah. Yes. Uh, And we're currently taping on January 18th. So, yeah. Yeah. 3.33 a.m. after an emergency C-section, their son was born. What's his name? Yeah. I don't think we have a name yet. Okay. Um. And uh, the, the, the post on Adam's Instagram story said just his size. He's 21 inches, 8 pounds, 6 ounces, born at 3.33 a.m. Uh, he was born through an emergency C-section after pushing for about an hour and a half. And both Raven and the baby are doing well. Um, yeah, just... Uh, that sounds really brutal. I'm glad they're both doing well, but like to push and push and then have a C-section <laughs> sounds so rough. Um, I was remembering when I gave birth, I think I ended up pushing for like four hours and 
it's really hard. It's very, very intense work, and your whole body really hurts afterwards. And then to also be recovering from like major abdominal surgery, I can't recommend <laughs> that. <laughs> but uh, very happy for them. And the hope human to find body out more about the is, baby soon. is really wild. That's all I think about every time I hear about anyone's birth story. We really like just evolved to not be the right shape to give birth to our own young, which is just disturbing to think about. Um, Our heads are too big and our our hips are too small. But (laughs) congratulations (laughs) to Adam and Raven. I'm so happy for them. (laughs) Babies are beautiful. Uh, Speaking of babies, this is uh, sort of older news. Kevin and Astrid... The Wentz, uh, who met on Paradise, also had their baby on November 20th. So this was a couple months ago. Um, their son is named August. And a little more recent news, they all got COVID when he was four weeks old. Aww. And August had to go to the hospital. It sounded really awful. Um, and Astrid, I think, was alone with him for a lot of the yeah. time because of, because of COVID restrictions. Uh, but yeah. luckily, they're all healthy doing well posting really cute pictures very cute all three of them extremely cute (laughs) so yeah he has that like the child the the baby of two really hot people look like all (laughs) these very perfect little features and rosebud mouth but Um, also very cute that um newborn feature which is that you know all newborns just vaguely look like old men which is (laughs) so great it's my favorite part the like Perfect Benjamin Button axis. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Full of Benjamin yeah. Button, but then also all of his features are like model esque already. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, Incredible. he's really aging gracefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a hot, tiny old man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Babies really do Benjamin Button into like the prototypical baby that we think of is probably like four to six months old. So they're just getting younger and younger looking. It's true. Until they are, they've already been it's around for like six months. It's true because they, you know, they their cheeks fill out. Yeah. It's they, all in the cheeks. The youth, yeah. as, as they tell you. <laughs> and, and like when they're really young, their skin is like all like it's been bathed in, you know, I'm not going to get too medical here. But yeah, that's when they really get those fresh features. And speaking of babies, still another Bachelor in Paradise baby. Guys, I just want to preface this by saying that this might be my favorite piece of Bachelor news slash gossip that we have here because (laughs) I think it so it is like the perfect pinnacle of the direction that professional post-Bachelor contestants are going like I think this is a sign of of where we are and where we are headed Jared and Ashley announced the name of their baby who has not been born yet on Amazon live today what I you know we've talked about this and I still don't even really understand what Amazon live is like maybe I should this came in last minute like over the wire as we were preparing for this episode so I I saw it and I was like we we have to. <laughs> Why were they on Amazon Live? I think they do a recurring. I think they announce their pregnancy on Amazon Live too. Oh wow! I think Amazon Live is literally like a streaming entertainment show, essentially. Okay. Hosted by various influencers, oh, no, I'm but so it old. it must be. But I think it's shoppable. 
Sure. Oh, well, of course. Yes. Well, <laughs> right. Of course. I hope yeah. it's not too yeah. shoppable. It, this is the what Amazon says about Amazon Live. Amazon Live is designed to inspire, educate, and entertain customers in a format that allows real-time brand interaction. Amazon Live helps give customers confidence to consider new brands and make purchase decisions. <laughs> They're like, this is the name of our baby. Consider this maternity pacifier. dress. I, yeah, pacifier. I don't know. Wait, what was the I'm baby like, what are name? The... Oh, yes. We have to discuss right. the baby name. The baby name is Dawson Dimitri Haven. Like the creek? That was my first <laughs> instinct as Me too. Well. I mean, oh, wait. <laughs> are they just not old enough to go? No, they are. <laughs> they, they no, are. No, no, no. They, they, they are. They're, they're our age. They're our age. And they uh, obviously Ashley watched Dawson's Creek. Like, that's not even a question. But apparently, she's had this name picked out since she was 20 years old. And apparently, the reference is actually to Jack Dawson. Oh, Titanic. Leo's. Yes. Leo's yes. character in Titanic. Wow. And one Jared two punch was like, cultural references yeah, there. Exactly. I, and Jared with I hope a very intentional pun said when that when she told him this, I was totally on board. <laughs> he said, I love the name Dawson. I also love Jack Dawson from Titanic, which you can now stream on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I actually yeah. don't know if that's true. Um, but everyone go watch Titanic. Pay for some sort of service so you can watch Titanic the movie. I, okay, um, would you still name a child a name that you had picked out when you were 20? Absolutely not. Because when I was 20, I did not have good taste in names. Same. I'm trying to remember. I did pick out names with, oh my God, I can't believe I'm sharing this. <laughs> I picked out names with a guy that I was in sort of like a live journal slash aim long distance <laughs> oh relationship with. Oh my God, with. Claire. Senior year of Wait, high school. What, what were the names? <laughs> Spill the tea. And I think that one of them was Juliet. Like, I think that I wanted to name my daughter Juliet. Mm-hmm. That sounds very. It wasn't even young like a Romeo Claire. and Juliet thing. It was just like, I think it's such a pretty name. James, I think, was the guy's name. I've yeah. always had a soft spot for James. So, like, they weren't that weird. But then you go back to middle school, I was picking out names like Cassiopeia. Yes. At, you know. <laughs> Why go with Cassandra when you could call your child Cassiopeia, <laughs> like the uh, like the constellation, like the constellation? Yes. Thank you. Um, the constellation, yeah. which features quite heavily in a little movie called Serendipity. Oh. Yes, it does. What a, also a great name, Serendipity. Serendip- Why call your child Serena <laughs> when you can call your child Serendipity? You know. Wait, did, do you guys remember any names you had picked out when you were twenty or thereabouts? Um, I was. I was very into Moulin Rouge, so probably, like, Satine. Satine, oh, my God. <laughs> that would be a really great name, though. No one else would have that name, you know? Why not? Me. Where are all the other Moulin Rouge fans? <laughs> oh, my God. I actually don't think I had any weird names specifically picked out, but I just don't trust myself at 20 on almost anything. Yeah. So. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. You want to kind of like reevaluate that once you're 25. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like once you've entered your 30s, you're like, your tastes 
should go through just a complete reevaluative process <laughs> and potentially overhaul. I don't think that that's a millennial thing, though. I think that millennials are very, like, we still love Harry Potter and identify as a Gryffindor. You know, we're like, why should we have to give up on those things as we get older? Like, we still have I mean, you don't. You just don't, don't name your child Gryffindor. Yeah. You probably shouldn't, you know. Shouldn't. Or Hermione. <laughs> probably. Like, don't do that. Or Yeah. I think that Dawson, the key thing about the name is that it does just, like, very much feel of an era that is yes. 20 years ago. Like, you would expect a lot of Dawsons to have been born in the 90s. 15 to 20 years ago. In the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. late 90s, early aughts. Mm-hmm. And she just held on to that for so long, and it's now that name really feels of that time to me. I feel like their relationship dynamic is just very clear in that Ashley has long-held intense pop cultural things that she loves and she calls the shots and jared is just sort of like yeah i'm good i'm having a baby we moved back to rhode island my life's fucking great name our kid dawson that is what that is what their relation i think that's what you have to have to be in a relationship with ashley it's like that's the ashley experience like you have to be like really on board with her taste, with her preferences, with the idea that she has of the life that you'll share together. And Jared can do that. So I'm very happy for them. And I'm very excited to meet Dawson Haven. I mean, I'm just wondering, does Dawson have his own Instagram account yet? What products were they selling on Instagram Live? (laughs) I'll have to go back and watch it and find out. Yeah, we didn't have time to do the full research. There are so many baby companies you can partner with, man. Oh, Oh, it is so lucrative. God, if you're going to be an influencer, be a parent. Yeah, have a baby (laughs) just to get it sponsored. The problem is that then eventually a baby can grow up and be like, I can't believe how much money you made by exploiting (laughs) pictures of me before I could consent. I really don't want to be photographed ever again. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that'll keep you up at night. But But by that point, you've already made hundreds of thousands of dollars. So much money to pay for his therapy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, Should we move on to sort of fewer birth and engagement announcements and more? More gossipy items, I would say. Yes. Let's talk there, about... There are a few delicious, delicious <laughs> items coming up. Yeah. Erin, uh, have you heard what Claire Crawley is up to lately? No. Our our former bachelorette uh, has been hanging out with Blake Monar, also known as a week two guy on her very hey, season the of The thing? Bachelorette. Yes. Yeah, it's a trend. Okay, wait, I have to I Google who this. It's incredible. Yeah, you're allowed to Google. Just so everyone knows, we are explaining this gossip to Erin. She's coming in sight unseen. These <laughs> are, unseen. you know, unvarnished oh, reactions. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He has like good hair. And then he was on. He was he was on Paradise and had was Taddy Daddy. He had a bit of a romantic liaison with, with Tia, Tia Booth um, yes. that ended poorly. Oh yes. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah, I'm here <laughs> for it. Like, who? It's unclear whether they're dating. What we do know is that Claire headed to Indiana potentially for a professional collaboration. They both work in the hair care field, 
But then she posted a really romantic edited Instagram reel of them like hanging out and bowling and her with his family, including his niece. I just, I love the constant state of romantic chaos that Claire exists in. She's such a gift. Yeah, it's like not a confirmation that they're dating, but it's certainly not something that you could look at and be like, it looks like they're just hanging out while they discuss their new hair care line that they're planning to release next year. Like, he posted a video, like a selfie video of him, like, clinging to her neck while they walk down the street and was like, how's walking on black eyes with a grown man hanging on your back at Claire Crawley? And it's like, that's not, like, explicitly romantic, but it's not, like... We're two colleagues. Look, if it's just about hair care, it's amazing <laughs> PR. <laughs> yes. Either Maybe way, they're just all stars in the game yeah. of drawing attention. Either way, great PR for their hair care products. Um, yeah. I firmly believe if you go to Indiana to see anyone, you must have some interest in them. I agree. Uh, <laughs> I dated a guy on and off throughout college who never went to Indiana. <laughs> and then I brought my next boyfriend home to Indiana with me the first year we dated. And now we're married. So there you so, go. Yeah, there you go. Telling. It means something. <laughs> it does. My, my ex was always like, but I don't just like, I just like don't really want to go to Indiana. And I was like, but it's to see my family. And he was like, yeah. He's like, but it's <laughs> Indiana. But like when you visit my family, it's in California. So like, of course you want to do that. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really know what to say to that. Um, it is Indiana. Uh, yeah, so... They clearly had a very good time together, and they wanted to post some splashy content about that, get some eyeballs on the situation. And they have yet to, like, confirm that they are dating. But, but I, hope, I just... I hope we can expect to see more it. more bait like this dropped yeah. onto the, the, Absolutely. the old timeline. Absolutely. I think it is a brilliant move either way. Like... You know, we've we've really been in the Game of Roses mindset recently because we recorded two podcasts with them in the last like week. And whether you feel cynically about videos like this or not, like either way, I'm on board. Because she knows, either she knows what her she's job fucking is. with everyone, <laughs> including Dale, which I respect, and she's friends with this guy, or she has a fun new romance, or both. Yeah, exactly. What do we think it is about the the week two guys? I actually, because uh, as we know, Katie Thurston is now dating one of her week two guys, John. And I actually think maybe there is some some meaning to this specific week, which is like hot enough to make the first cut, like I'm attracted to you. But then like the nature of our like on-camera interactions just didn't really, didn't really translate to chemistry but there was enough of like an initial attraction maybe but you know like when you get cut much later it's like you really had a chance to like explore that relationship and decide it wasn't for you week two maybe that person went home too soon you're like they're hot but we didn't have a good conversation right maybe they're just not not good on tv not good at handling the cameras and there's also no weird uh emotional ill will when you got sent home week two like if you go back to that person. Yeah, you still are like yeah. kind of friendly with them. But I do think right. like 
for, I think some people adjust to the cameras maybe quicker than others. And it's also possible that those are some people who just like, yeah, were a little bit more awkward or weren't quite adjusted to it and not being able to like be natural. But, but yeah, there was enough of an attraction there. I don't know. It's a funny thing. Because that's definitely what Katie and John have said, that John was really stiff and awkward on camera. um, And just, he like, just did not do well. (laughs) (laughs) He did not show himself to advantage. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's probably got to be a combination of some people just aren't comfortable in that setting, don't show themselves well early in the season, Plus, yeah, the lack of baggage, the lack of being able to say, oh, well, she knew me and I was ready to commit to her and she chose someone else over me. That doesn't really exist when you've had two conversations. Um, and it's so, maybe nice. Yes. Like, it's maybe nice to have someone who knows the experience, like who was at, who's in it enough that like they be, are able in to share this thing. Also. Yeah, yeah. And like in your group of friends, but don't have that emotional baggage. So I can see how that would then become a good friendship person and then that could then turn into more. A hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. Um, I continue. May week two become the new time you want to get knocked out. <laughs> yeah. So they'll, they'll start leaving and their exit and will be like, well, this is disappointing, but maybe she'll circle back to me in a year <laughs> yeah. to, to 18 months, which would be cool. I still think she's really hot. Um, speaking of sort of... Uh, unexpected romantic pairings in the reality show universe we've got like we've got like a crossover uh event here blake horstman of the bachelorette and bip is dating giannina jabelli from love is blind i saw this so thrilled (laughs) so thrilled (laughs) i just want giannina to be dating anyone other than he who will not be named yeah fuck that guy i i justice for Gigi. i want her to be happy and it seems like they are having fun she and blake are not dating seriously but i think they were sort of pushed to have to make a public statement through publicists about this after some very eagle-eyed followers noticed that they were posting from similarly backgrounded rooms. Wow. Yeah, yeah, people like, will notice people everything. People notice shit, man. I think someone, Justin takes the batch, did a post assembling some of the uh, the evidence, and it was even stuff like, "Oh, that's like a dress in the background that you can sort of see behind him," and later you see her wearing that dress on her Instagram. Like, really, like good evidence like really clear evidence um but not something i would have ever noticed (laughs) uh you really have to be have to be watching and but then at the same time i'm like they're both in the public eye like did they really think that they were keeping things that under wraps i don't think they necessarily care that it was revealed i wonder how are, are you saying you think perhaps they were calculated in leaving little tidbits? Because yes. I could also <laughs> see that. I It's hard for me to know like how much thought people put into this stuff or how much of it is just like, eh, if, if we get, if people spot it, then that's fine. Yeah, I wonder how much more 
um, traction a story like this gets, um, how much it boosts the buzz around you if you drop little hints rather than just like putting out a story that you're both in, you know, being like, we're hanging out, having a great time. Is it better to create some mystery and speculation to fuel engagement with your content? I don't know. I feel like when you're doing a cross-show romance, you don't need little hints. It's enough for me that you've mixed <laughs> reality shows. Like, my brain's already like, oh, my God, I have to put what I know from these two things together. And apparently <laughs> they met filming a third reality show. What? Yeah. Oh, no. For Paramount Plus. I'm going to have to watch A competition series that includes reality stars from around the world from shows like The Bachelorette, Jersey Shore, Love is Blind, and Drag Race, which is, frankly, an eclectic mix. Yes. Yeah. So this actually, this is now getting really, really in the weeds, but... um, Emma, I know you also listen to Dear Shandy, Charlene and Andy's podcast, and they had a caller on recently who talked about how she had been dating a guy who had been on a reality show, and not The Bachelor, I think, or a Bachelor show, but he'd been on a reality show some years ago. Now he's a personal trainer, and she was like, we had this like real like hookup, long-distance flirtation thing. It seems like he was really serious about it, but he knew that he was going to be taping this show, that there might be a romance component. And while he was away, it seems that he did meet someone. And she's like, how do I deal with the feelings? And I kept reading this and being like, I bet that this guy that she's talking about was Was on on this this show. Because, like, it is. It's like old reality stars brought together From into everywhere. a new, and it just yeah it just filmed like this fall yeah mm-hmm. i i was doing a little bit of digging when i heard that episode because i desperately wanted to know but then i think i forgot about it and like didn't <laughs> continue my search so thank you for bringing that yeah. back up do we know Cause... what kind of like competition is it like feats of strength are we talking like puzzles <laughs> <laughs> the people article just says a competition series for where they will battle it out for a cash prize. Oh my god, that I could mean know. so that many things. That could mean things. so many things. It could be like Bachelor Pad, or it could be like The Amazing Race. I it want Survivor. Be... <laughs> yeah, it could fully be like I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> there's so many. Options. Uh, I can't wait to find out. But yeah, I hope that uh, this proves to be just like the site of many crossover reality romances that we can just like dissect for ages. It really is like this moment where you're like, Oh my God. So that means that the bachelorette and love is blind, like exist in the same universe. Like what? <laughs> That's crazy. And it's like, of course they do. Cause they're all in our universe, but like, it just feels, it feels like too much to really absorb. I feel like this is the, the next iteration for long-term reality show fame you need to start mixing with people who are in different reality show universes and i feel and i feel like the netflix shows are a really good crossover because they're more mainstream it's not like uh it's not so niche as some of the cable ones yeah it's it's interesting i wonder how big Gigi's fame actually is compared to Blake's because The Bachelor is like the the most reliable numbers getting 
like network reality show. I think Gigi the had more than space. a million follow- followers. But, but yeah, but like Netflix has its own yeah, I mean, it's like massive viewership. So easy to watch Love is Blind. Like that's the thing. Yeah. I I was like in a quarantine and 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 you really come out remembering Gigi because poor girl, that was yes, that was awful. Yeah. I want her happiness. <laughs> She has 1.8 million followers. That's wild. Yeah, wow. she she really took off. And okay, like I fine. feel like she even after the initial season had it was sort of a mixed bag for her because she came off as like really difficult to be in a relationship with because she was always like I don't enjoy sex with you, like I don't feel the spark anymore, like my butterflies are gone and you're like what are you doing to this poor guy? Then he leaves her at the altar. Yeah. And then on the reunion show is when he really took a hard heel turn. Oh, like, yeah. And we are all now ready to accept a new love interest for Gigi into our hearts after he brought Fan- Francesca from Too Hot to Handle to a party that they were both going to be attending before he and Gigi broke up, which I just want to repeat for anyone <laughs> who missed that. <laughs> just wild behavior. And then he was like, why are you two fighting? Like, I just want my two girlfriends to be here (laughs) and get along. It's not a big deal. God, you got to appreciate that they somehow got him to do that. And he was like, this is is worth it for me. Well, he was doing this. He was like, I'm going to do like a crossover appeal. Like, people felt bad for me because Gigi was was hard to be with at certain times. And like, now I'm going to do this crossover relationship and get a new fan base. And it didn't play well for him. It was a miscalculation, I think. Yeah. On that note, I think it's time for us to take a little break and we will be back with more fun gossip. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, 
from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from Article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. And we have... We have to talk about Gabby, I think. So Gabby has uh, been making a bit of a splash on this season of The Bachelor with Clayton. Gabby is a nurse. She's a former NFL cheerleader. She's very funny and charming. And she is also (laughs) notably known for having dated both Dean Unglert and Blake Horseman. Yeah, speaking of Blake Horseman, he is shockingly involved in, in two big <laughs> and, items and of these, gossip. These are people he didn't even meet at Stagecoach. So, like, I, <laughs> yeah. the amount- did you even know? Did you even know he was capable <laughs> of dating women that he didn't meet at Stagecoach? It's, I wasn't sure. It's just once you add together the Stagecoach universe, plus you know the the gossip items today universe, it's a it's a lot of re- famous reality women. What I love about Gabby is that she was not even the one putting I- either of these relationships out into the the gossip world pre-show. Um, this These were things that both Dean and Blake had said publicly. So Gabby went on the Bachelor Nation podcast talking it out with Mike Johnson um, and Brian Abasolo and she sort of cleared up her what her history is with Dean and Blake. 
it seems that Dean is a person that she actually did date. Uh, it seemed that he did represent their relationship fairly accurately. She said he was one of her first loves. They dated like 12 years ago in college. It seems like they're on really great terms, but obviously this it was more than a decade ago. So there's no no lingering romantic feelings, but that kind of explains why Dean spoke about her so so kindly and effusively in the press. Um, and then they ask her about Blake, and she's like, well, Blake is someone that we, like, I had mutual friends with. We met after I finished college in, like, 2013 or 2014, and we never actually went on a date. <laughs> she said, quote, no drinks paid for, no dinner paid for. Well, but so, okay, so <laughs> you can go Dutch on dates, you know? Like, did does she mean, like, oh, we hung out, but never in a way that, that yes, was deemed that's what a I think date? She, that's what I, I think she means, like, we were talking casually and we hooked up a few times, but we never, like... Yeah. She's like, we weren't, like, going to dinners. He was not, like, asking me out on on a date. We, did like, had mutual friends and we hooked up. Yeah. I do think yeah. I, maybe her saying that is indication that we can go Dutch on dates, but Gabby does not go Dutch on it dates. It does sound like Gabby does not go Dutch on <laughs> dates. That's my, that's my, actually my main takeaway here. Yeah. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> because I don't think that, like, I think, I think very few guys have ever paid for my dinners um because i was a big no no i'll cover my dinner girl um i was very poor i let a lot of people pay for my dinner yeah i was like i definitely let that i i did the offer and then was like secretly very thrilled because i was just like i'm making no money here's here's how you here's how you date with very little money and always paying for your own dates you go get one beer and you insist on paying for it, and then you don't go on another date for like six months. <laughs> and that oh, way, you know, you're it. really yeah. only over the course of six months. You're that's like a, a cent a week, you know. Like it's <laughs> it averages out. I didn't you learn just can't date much that you're supposed to get a, just a drink the first date. Like I didn't learn that when I was dating, so I would always go to dinner. Oh no. no, it's terrible. Oh no, terrible. No, no, no. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. And so oh, usually my God. it was awful. And then I would be like, yeah, pay for this dinner. Yeah, I you're think... like, you God, you just took up like two <laughs> yeah. hours of my life. The worst first date I ever went on, I think, actually was a dinner because he was like, let's go to dinner. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it was really bad. And then he just like let the check sit there, like right <gasps> next to him. And I was like, I don't want to like lunge over the table at it, but I want this conversation to <laughs> be like, over. It needs to end. We need to pay and exit. And he let that check sit there and the conversation painfully continue for like an hour. And I was like, I wish for death at this point. Um, but I survived and I'm here. Um, never go to dinner. <laughs> oh, never. never on a first date. <laughs> never. Um, but to get back to Gabby, um, I actually think it's very kind of maybe sweet that Blake claimed her as an ex. I, I do too. And she, she was very (laughs) kind on the podcast. Like Brian was like, wait, what do you mean by like no drink? And she was like, oh no, no. I just mean we like didn't date seriously, I think is what she was trying to say. And she was like, but I'm really grateful that they both have said really nice things. That's. I also actually don't know exactly what Blake has ever said about her because this can also be like. Uh, 
an entertainment news thing where Blake could have been on a podcast and, be, and been like, oh, I actually also like had a thing with Gabby years ago. And, and she's so great. And then there's a headline. It's like, being, Blake yeah. also is an ex of, like the way that they all call all of the people that they meet on the show their exes, even if they went home night one. It's just like, no one actually involved really thinks of the situation that way, but then the headline tells a different story. Yeah, that is that is a very good point. I'm just here to defend Blake this week, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, we wish Blake the best. I yeah. hope he and Gigi are having a good time. Gabby, I think, is just really continuing to prove herself a, a budding star in this universe. And I think we're going to see a lot more of her. I do sometimes love to see a woman who is, like, older than 26, like, arrive on the Bachelor stage and just seem like, I'm just really ready to handle this level of attention. Like, I know how to, like, handle myself on TV, in interviews. Like, like, I'm not a 22-year-old mess. That's the other thing that I liked that she said. She was like, yeah, 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 I was involved with both of them. But to be clear, I've had multiple serious relationships in the last decade that I, like, actually learned from. (laughs) (laughs) Did learn nothing from Blake. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, that was 10 years ago. I've I've learned a lot about myself and how to be a partner. I was like, yeah. Again, I love a woman who's not, like, my last boyfriend was in high school, and that was devastating, and I thought I would probably die alone because you only get one. Yeah. <laughs> my last boyfriend was in high school and it was a really tough breakup that happened three years ago six months ago yeah <laughs> not yeah. over it um let's talk about cassidy if you don't if you don't mind i think that we can give this because she put it out there but we little can. little spoiler alert cassidy spoiled something on her own tiktok this week um the bachelor Left us with a bit of a cliffhanger. Colton was asking Jesse Palmer, Clayton. like, or, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it happens. It's not so a taping until that happens. Can you blame me? No, um, no one can. Literally <laughs> no one. I think everyone is doing this. Uh, okay, so Clayton <laughs> had given her a group date, Rose, and then. Sierra told him that Cassidy had a friends with benefits back home that they were planning to reunite when she got off the show. And he went to Jesse Palmer, the host, and asked if anyone had ever taken a rose back before. And then the episode ended two weeks until the next one. We're all left to wonder, is he going to take back Cassidy's rose? And Cassidy was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to post a TikTok and be like, uh... Clayton sent me home. Go fuck yourself, Clayton. (laughs) Spoiling her own, like, upcoming episode. She was forced to take that (laughs) video down, I assume, because production was like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Do you want to be on Paradise or not, Cassidy? (laughs) Jesus Christ. You're acting like someone who wants to be on Paradise, but then again, you're not acting like someone who wants to be on Paradise. Um. Yeah, I think in her TikTok, she is basically saying, like, oh, it's such bullshit. He offered a rose to someone who had just been engaged, like, a week ago, Sally. Um, But I had sex with someone a couple months ago, and I got sent home. Well, go fuck yourself, Clayton. I mean, the, the, the pretext for him sending her home seems pretty ludicrous to us as well, but um she also seems like a nightmare so it's like 
Uh, but he didn't seem really bothered by that at all. He yeah. did not seem yeah. at all bothered by anything That's true. else. No, if he'd, he'd already fair, given I think her a rose. Yeah, he gave her a rose for the nightmare behavior. It's obviously bullshit. And then he found out that she had like someone that she a has casual consens- consensual sex with when she's He's like, not well, dating. Now that's a deal breaker. That's a deal breaker. Yeah. <sighs> okay, confession. I have not watched any of this season yet um, because I was out of the country and then wasn't sure if I could do it. <laughs> Fair. Although I <laughs> will say that the women are proving themselves to be really chaotic. That's, I, 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 prom- I might. I just, I just, he just you feels don't need to. so bland. We wouldn't judge. And I just was having trouble wrapping my head around the idea of catching up on like four to six hours of that. That's I the think thing you could about just The Bachelor. That's honestly, too much jump content. right in. Jump right in at the next episode. <laughs> Don't bother with you'll the first up. few. You'll yeah, you'll you'll get the gist. But but having having not watched it, just from what you guys are saying, that feels like bullshit. Yeah, no, it's so, definitely bullshit. Basically, she and they rolled footage of this um, that she didn't perhaps know was being filmed. She told this other girl on the show, Sierra. That she has a fuck buddy back home and, like, he's, like, really into her and he was called her. He FaceTimed her while she was in quarantine before filming and was saying, you know, like, oh, I can't wait until you get back from the show. He doesn't know she's going to be on The Bachelor, she she said. Like, he doesn't know the nature of the show she's going on. And so she was kind of laughing about it and being like, oh, he's like, when you get back, like, we're going to do all this nasty stuff, I guess. We're going to watch it together. Um, and then it gets cut off there. We don't really see any more of the conversation. And, like, it's not the most flattering portrayal of her. Like, the way that she's talking about it um, does make it seem, like, a little, like, messy. Like, why would you talk that way about it to another girl on the show and give her this ammunition, seem to be sort of glib about it? However... (laughs) Like, objectively, she didn't do anything wrong. Like, I like I don't understand. Like, the whole point of a fuck buddy is to have someone that you trust, that you know you can have, like, satisfying sex with, that you're not committed to, like, while you're between relationships, right? Like, I, so, like, that's exactly the kind of relationship you would be having before you, for example, come on a show to find your husband, Right. As that if that's should what not doing. be disqualified. Yeah, like how, I mean, how immaculate are you supposed to be before you're well, on the right, show? Yeah. Like, are you supposed to be like, I guess a, you have to be a born again virgin. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's like a thing. It's like, oh, I only have sex when I'm in a serious monogamous relationship. And the last time I have one of those was like six months ago. But like, that's like, I guess that would be seen as acceptable. But like, it's not a realistic or fair expectation of how women should be handling their own sex and dating lives. Like that's so puritanical. Yeah. It's just like wild to me that, that this gets her sent home, but I am interested actually to see how the conversation with Clayton. Me too. I was going to say, I'm curious exactly what that conversation will look like. Because but before that it even happens, be before it even he's happens, he's asking. like, I want to take the rose back. So, I don't know. We'll see. That's what feels weird is that, like, if she just was, like, if he was just kind of not into her and she's a little bit crazy and he wants to send her home, 
And like, that's a then good sure, excuse. You take whatever. That's one right, thing. But excuse. if you've already been into her enough that you gave her a rose and then this is the thing that changes your mind, that feels insane. It's very odd. I think that Sierra was sort of suggesting to Clayton, not just that like she has a fuck buddy, but like the implication being that she came here with no intention of actually being open to a relationship with you. Um, yes like I'm not all of us you have that a fuck buddy and you're like it's, the, re- it's insane. the thing the thing about my fuck buddy is we're committed to each other <laughs> we won't entertain any other relationships because we're fuck buddies and that's sacred that's a sacred thing it's it's ludicrous it's but ludicrous I, I think that like it also it maybe speaks to clayton's and then this is the last thing i'll say because i have to stop i think it speaks to clayton's like unique brand of like insecurity that like he was very responsive to Cassidy because she just like flattered his ego and was like I'm immediately so into you it's crazy like I'm so confident about our connection she was like throwing her leg over his knee and like making out with him like really coming on very hard with her unique and powerful attraction to him and I think that he just like fell for that completely and then the flip right, side I is that what... he's like the minute that I question that I'm just like this unique attractive person to her it, then i no longer trust you and that I was no that was the only this. thing he was really into about her right like, that they was had the basis no, they of had his no deeper connection appeal. other than like she's she never been into anyone else really really ever. into him <laughs> yeah the whole thing is very stupid um yeah yeah so uh speaking of things i don't understand Let's talk about Colton briefly. I hate to do this. Um, I hate to give airtime to Colton Underwood and what he's up to. But I feel like I can't let this episode go by without saying that apparently Colton Underwood and his boyfriend, Jordan C. Brown, who is apparently a political strategist, bought a three... Do we know for... for, Which side? For what (laughs) brand of politician? (laughs) I mean, I think the, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I haven't uh, done a lot of digging on that. I did look briefly at his LinkedIn, but like it was very like at the intersection of entertainment and politics Ooh. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even really know what that means, but. OK, he's a Democratic. That was sort of I was like Hollywood, like probably yeah. a Democrat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's look more into this. Um, I, I just confirmed he's a okay. Democrat. Uh, they, uh, together, they have been a public item since, I think, September or thereabouts of last year. They bought a $3.2 million house together. Wow. That feels like a large commitment. Yeah, it feels like a large something. Feels like a large amount of money, a large commitment, a large house, a listing referred to it as a former celebrity compound that was once the home of Jessica Simpson's parents before oh, they wow. split. Oh, so it looks nice from the photos. I mean, in the New York Post, if compound is being used, I hope it's nice. Right? Yeah, it's either very nice or very <laughs> awful. It it has a yeah. Pool. We're talking Kennedys um, are cults at yeah, that point, exactly. right? <laughs> there's there's some like nice exposed beams. Like I I feel that I could see this house on an episode of Selling Sunset, and it's, it would fit right in. 
It's been a very frequently updated, well-maintained mansion with an outside pool and spa and, like, fire pit, all the kind of things that you would want if you had $3.2 million to spend on a house. And the reason that I kind of felt like I needed to bring this up was just because it just, I feel like it just speaks to how much of a platform he still has, like, how, how much he has been like sort of transformed into this sort of powerful wealthy celebrity and i do think like sometimes we're like oh well he's been canceled by bachelor nation so but he's yeah this is this is what cancellation does to you yeah gets you a 3.2 million dollar home yeah uh wild. Well, like so, look all I, I will say okay you only have to have six hundred thousand for a down is, payment that is true and we <laughs> I, don't know how much of that is his partner i, mean, I, I was true. also gonna say yeah. i do suspect like, that his partner he's quite a successful political strategist he worked for i believe both clinton and obama um so yeah, yeah. we, we don't know it, to yeah it might be we one of know. those like we bought it together quotation <laughs> marks like <laughs> Right. We don't actually yeah, know, but we do fair. know that Colton has had a Netflix show and a three point two million dollar home. I think he's he's doing, doing okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. A compound, no less. A compound. He's a compound. Yeah. <laughs> a former celebrity compound and now I guess a current celebrity compound. Um, depending on how you think of Colton's uh public identity. Um Hannah Brown, her brother. Patrick got engaged over the holidays to Haley Stevens, known better as Jed Wyatt's ex, uh, the woman who actually came forward and claimed that they had been still involved when Jed left for The Bachelorette, where he met and was engaged to Hannah Brown. So now the other, the quote unquote, like other woman of Hannah Brown's like public humiliation at the hands of Jed is going to be her sister-in-law. What a crazy turn. I I wish everyone could see Erin's face as she processed (laughs) the web of this information. How how do we think that happened? I mean, it is very... I would have a lot of questions if I were Hannah. My brother were suddenly like, so I'm dating Haley. I would be like, <laughs> did you meet through mutual friends? Like, did you think she seemed cool when you saw, like, her interviews about how she was dating my fiancé? And so Look, you decided to slide into her DMs? Like, I, how did this happen? I love the idea of, like, it's not Haley's fault. Like, none of that was either of these two women's fault. It was yeah. Jed. And so I love the idea of them still getting along but yes i would love to know what the moment was where it was like oh i i am i'm going to date her brother now i mean they had to have met on instagram in part because of this incident right like it seems like it can't have been a coincidence i mean here's the thing nothing em and i were talking about this we would love nothing more personally as two completely uh unrelated people who who have never met any of them and have nothing to do with them we would love nothing more than if hannah and Haley were like actually we're best friends and like fuck jed like he's not our fault and he's not our problem and now we're going to be sisters it doesn't quite seem like that's the dynamic um hannah and Haley do not follow each other on instagram hannah 
had previously, like before the engagement, told Us Weekly, um, I don't choose who my brother loves and who he wants to be with, but I love him and want him to be happy. Oh, no. That doesn't that, sound like best friends to me. No. Yeah, that's That harsh. sounds like a nice way of being like, I hate her, yeah. but like, yeah. I won't disown my brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, anyway, I'm not going to disown my brother because of this. That's that's my feeling about their relationship. Us Weekly framed this as her sharing her approval of their relationship. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's quite the read. I'd You're like, that, that seems... It really seems like a stretch, yeah. Us Weekly. It's like, more like she's like, I condone the relationship. Or just like, I'm not going to actively stop it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, that was before the engagement. I hope they're uh, on better terms now. And They still don't follow each other on Instagram. I know, Hannah, that's not a Hannah good didn't sign. like her post about their engagement. But they have she so much her in common. Comment. <laughs> I know. I feel like down the road, this could really be a point of bonding for them. But maybe it still feels a little too close. Like Hannah yeah. is still being dragged into headlines with with Jed. Like they're all linked yeah. in the collective imagination still. Maybe in another couple of years, that'll fully be in the yeah. rear view mirror. People but, are going on podcasts and they're just like, remember when <laughs> Hannah Brown found out Jed Wyatt had a girlfriend? And it's because of this. It can't feel good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, it's not Haley's fault, but I'm sure there is just like a part of your brain that's like, every time I see her, I'm going to have to relive that and have that association. And it's going to be at Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I'd rather that not be the case. Um, yeah. Hopefully hopefully all is all is okay yeah i hope they get through it and and laugh about this one day yeah exactly (laughs) remember our same mutual (laughs) terrible (laughs) ex-boyfriend and now they both have great new boyfriends and one of them is hannah's brother yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's really a happy ending we just want to see them all happy hannah brown's boyfriend seems way cuter than Jed, which, you know, is the important thing here. He's hotter. <laughs> so I can't that's the most important. I just like innately can't take people who play acoustic guitar one on one at you and sing. So it, it I was think very she's bad. better off. She's definitely yeah. oh I mean she's a so thousand much. percent better off. Betrayal or no, I was like, get yeah. out of there. He's gonna do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would have been stuck with this mediocre dude for like at least six months. Yeah. Cut and run. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Let's power through yeah. a couple more items of gossip. A couple very light items here. We've been seeing some some cast members partying together. I think we saw um, a bunch of the guys from Mr. Michelle's season get together recently. And more juicily, Michael A. in Cabo with Katie and John. Along and also Andrew M. Yeah, Katie posted, I think, a a TikTok or an Instagram story that had all three of them together, and she cheekily said something like, "This is a nightmare." Yeah, Uh, just all of your (laughs) love interests. A video of John and Michael A. and Andrew M. like hanging out. Very cute. Loved love. You know, we love friendship on this podcast. We condone it. Another very. Well, Another wow. very fun Dumois rumor that I love is that apparently, allegedly, 
Pilot Pete and another bachelorette dude who was not identified left a New York City bar after people failed to recognize them. Yeah, this is the kind of rumor. I'm like, I don't like to include Dumois rumors, but I like this one because it's not really like, who cares if it's who true, cares? but it is so It's not funny. really damaging, but it's hilarious. <laughs> exactly. But also, totally something I could see someone do it. But also, yeah. I love the idea that like, in order for the rumor to have happened, someone must have recognized them to know it happened. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. It was someone were- watching and being like, wow, I can't believe the celebrity that I recognize <laughs> wanted people to recognize him. <laughs> so lame. But it's also incredible because I'm like, I, as a New Yorker, you should be aware of the fact that people very often recognize someone and actively do not enter their private space yes the beautiful part of new yorkers right yeah but pilot pete is like i'm not i'm not like an an oscar contending actor i'm literally (laughs) someone who went on tv so that people would recognize me at bars and like buy me drinks and have sex with me and like what's the fucking point if you're not going to do that women have thrown themselves at me at this particular bar and so i i must not stay a minute longer. yeah new york might just not be the place for you I I think that also this probably did happen to him in the past and he's in this tough place where it's like unless you find like a really good way to parlay your celebrity within or outside of bachelor nation your star starts to fall the the longer you haven't been bachelor and he's now in that state of decline where it's like it's been a couple seasons since pilot Pete is he relevant anymore you know he needs a good stagecoach yeah, he needs to get back in the mix. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. His <laughs> podcast is not enough. Yeah. I mean, I think he needs to to find a new he 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 like wrote a children's book. Oh. But I'm like, I don't think that's enough to, no, to really mean, keep you. I don't think children the are the audience you're looking for, but I love <laughs> that you did that. <laughs> uh it's so like transparently pitched at like women like me, like moms of young kids who like watch the bachelor. I love the I love oh, yeah. I love the idea that he starts going to like the children's museum to see if anyone will recognize him. <laughs> like, any single moms here read that book I wrote. <laughs> I'm pilot P. Like, you've yeah uh so that is kind of our last fun (laughs) news item i guess to discuss uh we are going to start getting a little bit more depressing um i think we can just briefly talk about this uh a lot of people are passing this around um a woman made a tiktok um carolyn cronin made a tiktok um claiming that Bachelor producers reached out to her to be potentially cast on the show. And then they did like a Zoom with her, had her stand up and like show her full body, and then never contacted her again. And she points out that she's like a size six or eight. And she um, is very clear that she thinks that they lost interest when they saw that she did not have sort of the very slender body type that is the body type that basically everyone ever cast on the show has. So it's a fair assumption, I think. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, there's no way really 
to confirm this because obviously production would never cop to this. Um, but but it, it, it's definitely very telling given the fact that we can see with our eyes how much thinness is prized on this show. And uh, there seems to be very little interest in changing that. And I do think that TikToks and news items like this are useful in sort of building that campaign that we've seen um, around other identity groups to potentially, you know, publicly pressure the show to expand its idea of body diversity, which is extremely narrow. I mean, it's worth pointing out that like a size six is a far smaller size than the average American woman. So, you know, they are, they are really. Yeah. They reminded only... me of the devil wears yeah. Prada and how that's the, you know, the whole thing about how Anne Hathaway's character, Andy is not cut out for the fashion world because she's, she's not an embarrassing. Size. She's a size six. They always talk about you're a size six. Yeah. And it's like, she's literally just Anne Hathaway who is a movie star and, you know, tr- accepted as, like, really gorgeous and perfect-looking. And, and also they're just objectively like, very thin. Right. And so they're just like, oh, but, like, you're a size six, so obviously, you know, this is embarrassing and disgusting. Um, we haven't progressed at all since then. No. I mean, we haven't. Like, societally, I feel like we fetishize, no. like, unhealthy thinness. And The Bachelor is certainly a... I don't know. I feel like I saw this TikTok and it, like... It, I feel like, was good for me because it. Um, I feel like if you watch too much Bachelor, you just get used to that being how all of the women look. Yeah, and it was. I feel mm-hmm. like it was nice for a minute to like hear someone talk about it and be like, "Oh, right, it's insane! It's insane that they're all the same size with the exact same body, and that body is um, almost non-existent in real life." Right. Yeah. Right. It's so normalized. Yeah, and it, it fucks with your brain to only see one type of body like there has been a lot of research on this like when we do not see representation of different types of bodies that actually affects what we what our brains find to be acceptable attractive etc etc and it perpetuates the idea that that's all men are really attracted to as well well that's right you you Mm -hmm. can only be desirable within the world of this show at least if you are like a size zero or two. And you may have fake boobs. You may. Sure. Yes, you may. <laughs> you can have like, the fat even, if it's all there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even within the world of like those sizes, like your body has to look a very specific way. It's, you know, it's not even mm-hmm. just about your pant size. It's like, do you have a completely flat stomach? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's it's very depressing. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I think it I can't remember the last time that we've had a woman on the show who noticeably like deviated from that body type in any way. I know there was like a plus size model a few seasons ago. I think on Chris Souls' season who went home night 1. I was going to say I don't think she made it past night one. Yeah. And I think part of the reason they've been so resistant to this is because they don't want to deal with the fat phobia that would inevitably 
come up if they did, you know, cast a couple token women who exist in larger bodies. They just don't want to deal with it. And they're like, there's not enough public pressure. We're yeah. not going to change anything until there is. Yeah. And I, I hope that this is the start of a larger yeah, conversation. because I feel like there isn't public pressure because we've all just been beaten down into, like... Right. We're yeah. like, we're fucking tired. Yeah, you just get so accustomed to it. I I think that, like, the thing about The Bachelor is that, like, I mean, you're talking, Aaron, about the way, that, the idea that, like, men are only attracted to thin women and that's like societally enforced and because like men feel right come to feel that it is shameful to be attracted to women who aren't thin and like the bachelor is a showcase for that it's like a way of perpetuating that is to be like these are the kinds of women that it's acceptable for you to find attractive these are the women who are prizes if you're like a top bachelor here are the kind of women that you get to have access to why would you want someone who doesn't fit this mold and so it does matter um and and you know and how it perpetuates as well as reflecting what's going on absolutely it's very getting getting depressing but we should switch (laughs) to another kind of depressing piece of news which is that it seems like maybe riley and marissa have broken up one of our fave bachelor in paradise couples i know from this past season likely that they have broken up (laughs) why do we think this tell me okay so let's lay it out (laughs) there's yeah there's a lot of evidence (laughs) they used to post a lot about each other they posted like produced videos of them together making breakfast on sunday morning which was like every sunday morning because that was their thing right there were their instagrams were full of like beautifully curated photo shoots they have not been posting content with or about each other since the holidays so since like around new year's there were christmas posts but after that it kind of fell off marissa has recently in the last couple of weeks begun to post instagram stories in which she is clearly not wearing her ring um and marissa has also deleted posts like basically all of her posts with riley from her grid Except, Except for the people, the people photo shoot, um, which could was, have frankly been a contractual obligation. And like old, like back when they were on BIP, like yeah. watch this episode posts. Oh, oh that, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a great sign. Exactly. Yeah. They've also been posting sort of these kind of, you know, the kind of like shady, lightly shady things that you'll your friends will post when they're going through a breakup or something that's not like. FYI, we've broken up, but it's like posting a lot suddenly about how you have to like overcome obstacles yeah, and stay positive. Say, is the word overcome in a lot of them? <laughs> <laughs> That's Riley. Riley is definitely doing like, you know, his last post caption was like, free a mind and everything will follow. Ooh, you know, it's yeah. a solo shot of him. Marissa posted a meme that said, all that glitters is not gold. Yeah. Wow. Her last Which, grid her last grid post also is captioned Don't worry, be happy. And it's a solo shot of her. She's liking memes about breakups yeah, on various I, accounts. I, I so. see I see where you guys are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> You're seeing that there's like I'm, we're not we're not making this up, right? Yeah, like <laughs> I, the, the evidence is is strong. Um it it's makes strong. me so sad. I, it's compelling. Yeah. Same such a bummer because i 
they were my favorite. Yeah, they had, like, a really compelling, like, narrative, too, on the show, which is, like, he's been looking for that someone to have Sunday mornings with and, like, a life together and hers, you know, about never being taken on dates and, like, really, you know, accepted and loved by someone and affirmed. And then they seem to, like, have it with each other. And it lasted for, like, four beautiful months. <laughs> and now it's <laughs> over. Like, I can't accept it. You know, I just, uh, I I love, I love a good romantic narrative. And it always pains me when I just have to let go of another parasocial. Well, because I also, yeah. I feel like in the world of Bachelor, there are couples that you're like, I don't have a ton of faith in the longevity of this. And you kind of emotionally detach. But then sometimes there's ones that you let yourself emotionally attach to. And I think they were one of those for me. And so this feels very sad. I think they were the only, they're the only couple from this season of BIP that I was really attached to. I think I was like really ready for Kenny and Mari to break up just because I was like, does Kenny really suddenly at 40, he's ready. And with, they're uh, still, still going strong. And with Joe and Serena, I was like, Serena's so young. Like I wouldn't hate it if she like had another chance, but I really was attached to Marissa and Riley. Same. They felt so good and so sexy together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so over the last couple of weeks, they have both posted like a fair amount of SpawnCon, like in their stories. And I keep looking at the stories to see what they've posted about their breakup. And instead it's like, here's a new like, cooking product or something that I'm recommending. And so I guess my only theory is maybe they're just dangling a breakup so that people will be drawn back in to the drama of their story. I would love that. I feel like that's our only shot at this not being a real breakup is, is that it's like a calculated decision to, to throw in a, like a third act twist to get people more excited again. Like it's it's like Priyanka Chopra removing the Jonas <laughs> from her Instagram exactly. name, but and then just being like, "This is a way for me to protect myself." But yes, I am still happily married. Here's our Christmas. Oh, it. what that? I didn't think anyone would even notice. Yeah. <laughs> I also I don't know. Is there not also a possibility that they're like having some trouble, but it's not over, so they haven't announced it and they could work through I mean, it? Anything's possible. Aaron. <laughs> I think that, like, it would make a lot of sense if they are on a break, they're having trouble, but they don't want to risk, like, a breakup and then reunion situation where it's very public. And so they're just doing this, which is still drawing a lot of attention. Or it could be that they just want to, like, get their ducks in a row more before they do a public announcement. I don't know. I just looked again, and I think she might have deleted the people. She deleted the people. That's why I gave photo. you like a look when you said that because I was like, I think I just looked before we taped, and it was not there. When I had looked before, she had not. Which now I'm feeling very certain that there was a contractual obligation to leave that post up for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Oh man, that's not looking good. I I do get the vibe that she feels ill done by 
from the way that she is yeah, so if you reacted compared to him. Scrubbed some, like if you've scrubbed their photo from your history, that feels like not a great sign. Yeah. Right. Riley still has all of the photos of the two of them up. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's looking, it's looking bleak for, for this couple. Um, who knows? Hopefully we'll get some kind of confirmation, some closure so that I can personally move on with my life instead of being consumed by this night and day. It's been, <laughs> it's been really difficult. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I, I, I think we don't, we haven't heard anything, uh, you know, it seems like Mari and Kenny and Serena and Joe are all just like still chugging along. So and Becca and Thomas, right? Yeah, honestly, they're they're, like they're, the, one, they're the ones <laughs> they're, they're the ones forever. that I'm rooting for now. If Marissa and uh, Riley are done, then I'm a Becca and Thomas. I also now. like I I I do have a soft spot in my heart for the people who like it's like paradise is too much. They're like, what are we doing? We can't uh, and but then go home and are like, oh no, actually, I really care about this person. There's something about that that feels right. like ah, maybe it's real. I agree. I also just. You know, I'm always pulling for a woman in her 30s. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I Becca have a soft posted, spot for Becca. Becca posted one day ago a picture of her and Thomas in front of a sunset captioned, soaking in this life. <laughs> They're both so cheesy. But I think that that's just both of their personalities. So I think it works. He posted something that was like, hashtag Minnow's dad about her dog. Oh, but yeah. see, this is what Marissa and Riley were doing before suddenly yeah. it was all, you know, shady reposts that say all the glitters is not gold. Yeah. And We still have to let well, ourselves yeah, get emotionally attached or what's the point? Exactly. No, you're right. You, you have right. to risk Just the hurt. give in. Yeah. <laughs> give that's what love is about. <laughs> is. We, anything we have to let show. down our walls. Like, we've built up these walls and, like, you can't live life We have to be vulnerable. Yes. I have to show up every season vulnerable and ready to risk being hurt. And then you find me in the limo at the end of each season sobbing. (laughs) I can't believe this is what happens when you open your heart. All right. I think it's time for a quick break. And when we return, we will be discussing some really heavy topics, including uh, death and sexual assault allegations. So if you know, these topics will be difficult for you to handle. Um, This might be the right time for you to turn this episode off. Um, And if not, we'll be back shortly. Can you keep up? I like love. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. 
it's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. And we are back. And we do have to talk about, as Claire mentioned, a few heavier pieces of news. The first is that Clint Arliss, who was best known for his Villains Got a Vill line on Caitlin Bristow's season of The Bachelorette, really tragically passed away at the age of 34. It's yeah, really, really sad. Really sad. Uh, appears to have been unexpected, sudden. Um, there haven't, as far as we can find, any been any details published about what happened. Um, according to Us Weekly, it is you know, under investigation by the coroner's office, but no foul play suspected. So, you know, it's a, it's a private sort of family issue, Um, but very tragic. Um, He's very young and so young. uh, Caitlin, I think uh, addressed it on Instagram live shortly after um, basically saying, yeah, it's, it's not, I'm not involved. It's not my business, but um, extending her, condolences and yeah a few of the men that were on the season with him including Nick Vile also posted their kind of 
remembrances of Clint and by all accounts, he seems to have been someone who was just really beloved by the people who knew him. And yeah, it's always really sobering when, when someone who's your age dies suddenly, it's, it was just, it's a, it's jarring news, even though obviously we, um, we're not in Clint's personal circle. Yeah. But we are thinking of his friends and family during this really tough time. Yeah. Um, we did actually just uh, recently talk to his good friend from the show, JJ Lane, um, about their friendship um, on the show. Yeah. Um, and JJ um, spoke really kindly at the time just about you know, how special Clint had seemed to him in the house. What an interesting and intelligent and uh, just, like, confident, you know, charismatic person he was. And it was clear that he he had that, gave that impression um, to the people who knew and loved him. And, yeah, we're thinking of, of all of his loved ones right now. Um, and... Now I think we have to talk about something that I don't think we really want to talk about. I don't think a lot of people in Bachelor world want to talk about, but it's out there and it's circulating. And I think we do need to try to address it as best we can. Um, yeah. For those of you who have not heard, there have been some assault allegations made against Joe Coleman, one of the top three contenders on Michelle Young's season of The Bachelorette. These allegations were posted anonymously to Reddit. The um, The identity of the poster was apparently verified by the moderators of the subreddit, but none of these allegations have been independently vetted by any journalistic outlets. So we want to be really clear about that up front. Um, we have not reported this out ourselves, but these, the fact that these allegations were posted has become news in itself. And we think that it's important for us to address them and sort of pose the question of when things like this come out, you know, what, should we as the audience be doing with them? Yeah, it was hard for us to to really even wrap our heads around how to address this because the allegations are really upsetting. Um, they relate to his time playing, you know, when he was playing basketball at the University of Minnesota um, and the anonymous poster claimed that they were sort of secondhand um, made aware Um of instances when he assaulted girls that he met at parties or was hanging out with at parties. And so they are like upsetting allegations and absolutely it is um, frustrating to know that like, if you ignore them that, you know, you might be allowing or like perpetuating the platform of someone who, you know, has really harmed people. Um, but that if you, do address and platform these allegations that haven't been reported out, that haven't gone through any official channels, that, you know, you could be really harming the reputation of someone um, who hasn't really had a chance to 
defend themselves. And it's just really, really, really thorny. Um, you know, we have had instances in the past in Bachelor uh, world where men have, you know, been accused of assaults on or before the show and it has been reported out and there are other instances where you know when demario was accused of assaults on bachelor in paradise that turned out to be a much more murky situation that really destroyed his reputation um and so then you're in the position of you know talking about a black man who's on reality tv with uncorroborated allegations that that can really damage him um so we do want to be really careful yeah um about that um but what what is the right path like we don't really (laughs) we don't really know i think it's an open question and that's what's really difficult you know i think for understandable reasons i have seen a lot of people calling for bachelor production to do a better job of vetting And I think what is so tough about things like this that, you know, if a police report has not been filed and if someone does not successfully reach someone from Warner Brothers before or while the show is airing or before filming, these are not the type of things that are going to come up on a routine background check. And the thing that I always come back to is that, you know, in so many ways, this franchise reflects a lot of the darkest corners of our culture. And assault is is no different. You know, I think that any and this is is in no means I hope this does not come off as me trying to excuse production at all because I do think that they absolutely should make it easier to be contacted. Um, That is part of the reason that production started to release photos of potential cast members with some space before filming started. Like we know that there have been people who have been cut from that final round or pulled from the beginning of, of filming after allegations were made. Um, But I do think that the unfortunate reality is that we live in a society that has an epidemic of sexual assault. And if you and and a lot of that sexual violence, not all of it by any means, but a lot of it is directed at women by men. And if you are casting multiple times a year, a big group of cisgender straight men to go on a dating show it is not unlikely that a handful of those men who get cast on these type of reality dating shows will have done something violating to someone in the past and i i i don't i don't exactly know what we do with that i just keep coming back to the idea that if it's a reflection of our culture, then we need to be continuing to try to change the culture so that this isn't something 
that happens so fucking often. We also have a real problem just with like when women do come forward, there's no support. There's often no justice. And especially if you're coming forward against a public figure, often it makes their lives worse to do so. So, so much of this stuff also gets buried. Gets buried, Mm -hmm. gets reported by someone who's heard it secondhand because there is, as you said, less personal risk in in coming forward, especially anonymously. But then it also makes it harder for, you know, people like us with a platform to sort of litigate how to talk about it. And yeah, the, the thing at the center of all of this is just we live in a culture that does not support people who have been assaulted, that does not adequately teach men about boundaries at a young age, about respect, that continues to enforce the idea that women's bodies are public domain um, and that straight men are entitled to access to women's bodies. And The Bachelor is this very odd reflection of all of those of all of those realities. Yeah. And like the way that men on the show become so beloved of the mostly female fan base is, is also kind of a reflection of that, that like these men are, are really elevated as romantic, like desirable romantic heroes based on just snippets that we've seen on TV. And we're all guilty of falling into this because, you know, you don't want to be watching and constantly being like, well, he seems nice, but he could have like assaulted someone (laughs) once. So like, let's not get carried away. You know, like you want to be able to like, to have some romantic enthusiasm about, about the men on the, on this show. But that means that like, when people are cast um, who have not been fully vetted or who allegations come out about later, we're left with this question of like, are we all the engine of someone who, you know, has a history of being entitled to women and women's bodies and, and of assaulting or harassing or hurting people? Are we all the engine of that person having more access, having more status? Right. Um, which can be used to the detriment of women um, around them. And that is very hard to grapple with because then what do we do about an allegation like this? Do we spread it around to cut that off to try to get this person kind of knocked off their pedestal? Do we just all personally try to unfollow and turn our attention away? Do we wait to take any move until it's been worked through in the justice system or in the media. Like it's, there isn't a good mechanism. Seem bad. Yeah. Right. It's like you were laying out all the pathways and we're like, these all seem fraught and shitty and very little justice for anyone seems to be involved in any of them. And I, I genuinely don't know. And it's a very icky, icky feeling to sit with wondering what we should be doing and wondering if we have, you know, built someone up in a way that could be damaging to other people or if we've torn someone down in a way that could be damaging to people. It's just, yeah, it makes you want to just scream, scream, (laughs) scream, bang your head against the wall, delete 
everything never wants to <laughs> show again. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's really it it does feel sort of impossible. And I think we do just have to keep coming back to like we're here dealing with the bachelor just as like I think should be true in every venue, like the bachelor should be making it easier to come forward with these allegations. Yes. Um, to should support people who do come forward with these allegations better. You know, we have um, reported out stories or a story that involved a woman trying to go to production, not having a great mechanism. Ultimately, that not seemingly followed up in in a way that was satisfactory. And like that is where I think we can certainly hold the mechanisms of the show um, culpable. Yeah, I feel yeah. like this has happened enough times now that something more needs to be done on their end. Um, and yeah, I mean, I it, it's clear that like you are dealing with like men and women and people's pasts, and if like that isn't always something that shows up in a police report, and so yeah, accessibility of information, and then someone there to like do the research and the background work feels really important. Yeah. It's so hard because I do think part of what happens is that like, you know, this post is sort of describing almost like a whisper network. Like we were all talking to each other. We all started to realize that this was maybe not a safe person to, to be around in certain settings. And those are local like, and then, you know, he's suddenly, on TV, suddenly he's the su- like the subject of gossip that is national. Um, what is connecting that whisper network, you know, to the Bachelor? Like, are they going to to go like party with everyone that Joe has ever partied with until they hear something? No. So like, they need to have a very easy, accessible, supportive process for those things to be brought to them because they're not going to be in. in in an orbit in a space where that's going to just make its way to production. It needs to be through pathways that they have created that are as easy to use as possible. Um, And I don't, I don't think that, that there's anything else that we can really say like this is, this was really horrible to, to read. And, you know, we, you know, we can't, you know, this is all allegations, again, that have not been reported out, um, that have not been corroborated to our knowledge. And so we do want to make that clear. Um, however, it was really, really difficult to read. And um, if these allegations are true, like our our hearts just absolutely go out to anyone who had to experience this. Um, it's really shocking. And it's just, it's yeah. very disturbing. It's very upsetting. And yeah, I mean, we just want, <laughs> we dream of a world in which people don't have to sit silently with their trauma and don't have to worry about whether the person that caused them pain is going to be catapulted to romantic fame like yeah we just we want the culture to be to be better and um 
Yeah, I think that's yeah. all that we really can say about this. I don't know. I don't even know how to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the, you know, the thing about ending with the worst news is that then you're like, well, all right. <laughs> on that note. On um, that note, great episode. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I really genuinely don't know how to wrap this up. <laughs> I think that we have said all that we can say on this. And I think that we just have to to wrap it up here and, you know, I'll take some time to to process and... Yeah. Think about how to move forward. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our guest, Aaron Dark. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, help us spread the word about our show, especially to your friends who used to listen to us as here to make friends. If you want to get in touch, you can always email us at claraandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. And we might even feature you in a mailbag episode. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and Instagram at Clara and Emma pod. And you can find our newsletter, rich text on Substack at claraandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week to recap the next stage of Clayton's journey. Can you keep Stitcher. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.